listening to the Aftergrad Podcast. I'm Robert Kane. And I'm Victoria. And we are your fellow Aftergrads trying to find clarity and security in this postgrad moment. On this show, we discuss the societal pressures that stand to mold us into inauthentic versions of ourselves while striving to make our dreams a reality. We welcome you on this journey as we try to navigate bills, careers, the pandemic, and who knows what else. But today marks the last episode of season one of the Aftergrad Podcast. Whoa, we whoa. made it oh 15 episodes strong. And we really just wanted this to be a discussion to bring the show and the season full circle, reflecting on some of the concerns and questions that we had when we were first graduating and embarking on this aftergrad journey and then bringing it all the way around to reflect on some of the fears and concerns that we might have as we kind of transition into this second year Mm -hmm. or sophomore year, Mm -hmm. if you will, of being an aftergrad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Coming at the end of our first year in the school of life. There was a lot of fears that we faced at the beginning. And now at the end of it, I'm looking back like it wasn't that bad. Mm-hmm. I'm still here. Right. I'm OK. And things are still moving now. Of course, the next set of fears have settled in and we'll address those, too. We will. Yeah, no, I definitely think that on the flip side of it, it really wasn't as difficult as I made it out to be. At least internally, I know I had a lot of stressors yeah. that were weighing down on my spirit, especially after the plans that I mm-hmm. put into place didn't fall into place like I wanted them to. So it definitely was lots of adjustment, lots of just saying, you know what, the universe take the wheel, right? And I'm very happy with how things wound up for us. I mean, we moved here to DC and... September, August, yeah. and now it feels like one full year, almost as if we were back at an academic institution. Exactly. We're finishing yep. this off mm-hmm. in May. In college, <laughs> my freshman year, I created this daunting monster that like, what the heck am I about to get into? Mm-hmm. And very same similar feelings here in the quote unquote real world, right? Mm-hmm. I created this idea that it's going to be tough. It's going to be hard. But it wasn't that. It's not that bad. Right. Yes, there's ups and downs. But at the end of it, we still have smiles on our faces. Right. And I'm so proud of how far we've come and how consistent we stayed the course. Mm. And also the things that we projected and executed yeah. so well. It's about the consistency. It's the consistency for me. My dad, one of the things that he instilled in me when I was younger is the act of showing up regardless of whether or not you actually feel like it. Whenever I did a sport or I said I was going to play tennis, Mm -hmm. that was always his rule of thumb. If you say you're going to do something, you do it. Mm -hmm. And no ifs, ands, or buts about it. You show up. Even if you give 0% that day, Mm -hmm. you show up, you are present, you are there because you said you were going to be there. And I think that we embodied that Mm -hmm. with the podcast with our personal relationships that we made with mentors yeah etc yeah but we actually have another case study that we want to share with you all and it's funny because this particular aftergrad is four years out of university Mm -hmm. and i think that's actually perfect for this discussion because we're transitioning into a new year a new phase of our aftergrad journey but it's nice to hear that someone further along in their Mm -hmm. aftergrad journey also might have similar concerns that we'll face in the future. Yeah. So with that, let's hop into this case study. Yeah, this right? is a new segment that we're bringing to the podcast. So get familiar with it. Mm-hmm. It's the more the merrier, the more stories right. that we get, the more we can do this segment case study. Mm-hmm. Essentially, you submit your story. It can be anonymous or you can say your name if you want to. Right. You can say the school's names that you're thinking or considering about or like the things that you plan on doing, mm-hmm. whatever you're comfortable with. You can come here and then we hope to discuss it with our fellow aftergrads. Right. And today's case study is actually sent by an anonymous aftergrad. So we're going to read it. All right. I'm going to pull it up. It's a really long one. So please bear with us as we go through all the paragraphs. Much appreciated because I need context. Yes, we need context. Right. So, you know, it's fine if you don't want to send in a lengthy scenario or situation that pertains to your scenario as an aftergrad. But that's But the more specific you are, the The more more better advice we we can can give give to you and we can relate to you. We can either relate, try to give advice, or just tell our thoughts. (laughs) Exactly. So, again, you know who you are. Thank you for submitting this to us. So we're going to read through it. It's a lot, so bear with us. So it says, Hi, Aftergrad Podcast. I'm four years out of college, and I just got accepted to two grad school programs. One has a bigger name in New York City. The other one is well-known in Los Angeles, and that is the city I currently reside and want to build in. Both schools are expensive. The New York school gave me no money. I, I hate that. That That's what these universities are doing <laughs> nowadays. They're just saying, you know what, come here. I'm like come trying to here. hold my breath. I'm trying to of wait course, to Of course, right. <laughs> and then... The LA school paid for half the program. Okay, a little money. We appreciate that. But it would leave me still with 40K in loans. 
Both programs are humanity-centered, and I want to be considered a cultural expert. Mm -hmm. I want to be able to work for museums and other art institutions with this degree, and I do have a pretty good job already. I am not at my six-figure goal yet, but I have space to grow in my company. I love that. I love that you think that there's space to grow and room to improve Mm -hmm. at your current position. That's wonderful. That's important to consider. And my current career is not in the arts, however, but I am not unhappy. Also, a positive. Mm -hmm. You're not unhappy. Mm -hmm. My parents have been wanting me to go to grad school for so long, and my sister and my romantic partner are both in master's programs as well. I personally love learning, but I'm not the biggest fan of academic structure. Should I go to grad school and get into the career I want, or should I stay in my current career and work up to that financial goalpost? P.S. Love the work you both are doing. Keep it up. Thank you, friend. We appreciate you. (laughs) So that's our case study. There's a lot. There's a a lot to unpack. There's a lot to unpack. Should we go back to the top and kind of just work our way through, or do you have some initial thoughts that you want to share? No, no, no. Let's hop right into it. First of all, congratulations. Right. I hope you've taken a moment to like have gratitude for the accomplishment you just made. Mm-hmm. You applied to two schools right. and you got into both. Got into both. That's, That's huge. That's great. Mm-hmm. It sounds like the goal job is to be kind of in my brain. I'm I'm thinking like curator vibes, curator right? Vibes, right. A cultural theorist, mm-hmm. someone that yeah. has their pulse on pop culture, yeah. issues that are and they can draw to back to like a certain date and then you know know the reference of the exactly. piece and stuff like that. Yeah, that that causes for a lot of knowledge and detail work. Mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily like the everyday person would know the things that he would know. Definitely, right? Not. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, honestly, an education, an academic setting, brick and mortar does sound, you know, promising, Mm -hmm. you know, especially to exercise that side of you when you're currently working in a job that's not so artistic. Right. So in that regards, I completely hear where you're coming from. Mm -hmm. And you're probably also feeling the pressures. He, you know, took the time to mention that his sister and his partner Mm -hmm. and master. So he's probably observing and witnessing them get deeper and Mm -hmm. um, dive more further beyond what, you know, maybe a job force or Mm -hmm. um, the internet can provide. And it's probably, you know, like, hmm, I kind of want to get into that or I'm probably ready for that. And in that regards, I like that for you. Mm -hmm. I really do like that for your specific goal and career. I do like it. Mm -hmm. However, the 40K, (laughs) the 40K, okay. So my, my first question is, do you know five people who have similar to, because you don't want to limit yourself to believe, like I don't, I'm in a place now, I used to look at one person who had the job I wanted Mm -hmm. and then I would analyze them. But now I look at one person and then maybe a job that's, you know, standing right next to that, like something similar. So I can keep an open mind as to what paths I can take. Mm -hmm. But can you line up five people who are in the similar field or their job description is what you are shooting for and look at their background and see if the master's is in their back pocket. Mm -hmm. And likely with the curator roles and like museum roles, they Mm -hmm. typically do because they, again, they have to draw back on history and stuff like that. However, look at their pay like their, their income. Their Please income. do. Yeah, check out their yeah, income. Because, Do a quick Google search. Right, right, right. And this is at the... Remember, this is the job that you dream of having in right. like the latter later years, right. right? It doesn't have to be immediate. So it won't... That's the thing. Mm-hmm. It won't... That income won't be immediate. You have right. to take that in consideration. Yes. But I'm looking at the, the most, the most positive outcome, right? Mm-hmm. You get that position. Can you span out over time how long it will take to cover that 40K mm-hmm. with that income eventually? Yeah. That's, That's my also, first question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if not, uh, try to then try to find those who, if all of them seem to have master's degrees, mm-hmm. try to find one person who didn't yeah. and like kind of look and at I'm their sure they're route. Out there. Right. Yeah. And it's not to say follow their paths. Mm-hmm. It's just to start, you know, grabbing inspiration mm-hmm. from a lot of different paths to right. then kind of kind of draft up your own and feel confidence in that Mm -hmm. you can you're welcome to intrude yeah no i was eating up everything you said no let me hop in i think i really appreciated what you were saying about doing the research on people that are pursuing similar careers if it's the curator if it's the cultural theorist whatever that role looks like art design expert 
research those people and see if they have a master's degree, see what their career trajectory looks like, mm-hmm. and maybe reach out to them, ask them questions. If you can't get into contact with them, just use their yeah. LinkedIn, their career trajectory as a barometer for what you should consider. Yeah. And without even going into what we talked about on our previous episode where we were going back and forth on whether or not a degree is still worth it if that ROI is actually paying off, that 40K is a lot. So also, we're living in such a shifting moment in terms of the way that work is changing. So I encourage you to look at the starting salary of your particular program, as well as cross-checking with other programs across the country or across the world with people that are pursuing something similar to you so that you can get an idea of how long it will take you to pay that money back. And then also check, like you said, the people who didn't pursue a graduate degree program and see what their starting salary or their salary change rate looks like over time. So that again, what you're trying to do, I think, is just get an idea of, especially since the options that you submitted to us require you to go into debt. You want to see how long it'll take you to pay that money back. And then with knowing that time, ask yourself how comfortable do you feel with that? Because Mm -hmm. for me personally, I have a number in my head on Mm -hmm. how much debt I'm willing to be in Mm -hmm. and how long I'm willing to stay in it. And everyone is different. And if you're comfortable with that Mm -hmm. mentally, because it does financial finances really does have a mental toll on us. Mm -hmm. And then if you have a mental toll, that's just a trickling effect into how you're productive in everyday living. Right. So like personally, once you look at those numbers, does it add up? And then my second question would be that can also impact the income is while you're getting the master's degree, do you plan on being a full-time student or mm-hmm. a part-time student? Right. Right. I know a lot of us, we, we feel like we can handle it all, but mm-hmm. a part-time student, it would likely take longer to finish the program. Well, now the numbers are shifting because mm-hmm. the longer you're in the institution, the more money I feel like would have to come up front. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you're a full-time student, well, then there's very little wiggle room for you to actually simultaneously work right. with the current office. He, currently likes right right and then he's saying that he finds a lot of growth in his current company Mm -hmm. that's healthy love that for you i really love that Mm -hmm. so my question is if we aren't looking at the graduate route Mm -hmm. yes you love it but how comfortable are you in it yeah are you very comfortable where you Mm -hmm. know everything with your eyes closed Mm -hmm. and you don't feel like you're being pushed anymore because sometimes when you love something and it gets comfortable i always like to take a moment and see if it's I love it and I'm still being pushed. Hello. Right? Mm-hmm. So because like you said, you're not at your ultimate goal yet. Right. So you want to make sure you're keeping the pedal to the metal on mm-hmm. where you're going. Mm-hmm. So currently right now, before the masters or with the masters, do you see space? Like you said, he, he said he sees space to grow. He sees space to is grow. He growing? Mm-hmm. Is he is, growing? Is currently? he feeling the pressure? Does he, Does he ever come like, oh my God, like mm-hmm. I'm so perplexed right, right. now? Exactly. Do you have those moments? Because if you do and they do feel uncomfortable that means that's great that's i really like that for i him. do yeah or i would her. also encourage you to have a conversation with yourself and ask yourself why am i applying to this grad school why do i want mm. to go to this mm-hmm. grad school program because again on this channel we're always talking about the pressures yeah. and the overlying reasons as to why we're pursuing things and if those reasons are outside of ourselves or coming from other individuals or societal pressures are you hopping up and down in your chair when you read the description of the program right because if so that's great then okay that means you do want to do it for yourself and you see it adding value because that's ultimately what we care about as long as it's adding value to us then i'm okay with us assuming certain (laughs) levels of debt For me, and this is something that one of the older people in my life shared with me, and I definitely think it's true, graduate degree programs, I mean, that's really an opportunity for you to specialize heavily. So if you're doing generic programs, I would encourage you to reconsider, but also a primary reason to go to grad school for me is networking. I already, you're working in a journalistic role, and I know you're meeting incredible people from the features and interviews that you're writing. Mm-hmm. So it's not as if you're not growing. You're definitely right. growing in this type of career field. Mm-hmm. And then I would even encourage you, as a journalist, you do sometimes have freedom to pitch what you want to talk about. To have that niche. To have that niche. So mm-hmm. try to maybe consider focusing that journalistic energy towards the niche that you're interested in, which mm-hmm. is art and culture. So if mm-hmm. you can do that, then you'll be exercising what you are hoping to study in that grad program yeah. while still receiving that paycheck yeah. and security net 
of the salary yeah. under that organization. And that leads in regards to the comparison between the school in New York and the school in California. Mm-hmm. He mentioned that he wants to build in California. My ultimate, like if we're pick, if you are a gun-ho for going to graduate school now, my vote is California IA because yeah. you already said that you see yourself in this space yeah. and they're giving you at least half of it. If, yeah. if the reason why you're still considering the other school is simply because of stature, mm-hmm. I would not go there. Yeah. I, I really highly encourage us because I think like that all the time as well. But I have to remind myself, that's not what gets you, you to your dream spot at the end right. of the day. It's you and it's your vision mm-hmm. and it's your manifestation. Yeah. Period. So like, don't question whether or not if you decide not to go to that bigger school, mm-hmm. whether um, it will determine whether or not you'll get that in position. Yeah. You will regardless. Uh-huh. And so with that in mind, the choice is you say you love California. You're yes. already building foundation there. there the money is there as well. Mm-hmm. I don't know if family's there, mm-hmm. but it seems partner. like yeah. your mental stability is in California. Mm-hmm. So that if you are picking between the two, that's my leeway yeah. on that. I would agree mm-hmm. entirely. I think it just makes more sense, especially because they are the institution that gave you the money. I mean, you're going to be assuming more debt. And the only reason that I would suggest to choose the university in New York, because obviously you're going to be taking out more debt and more loans to assume that degree. And I do want to add, uprooting is expensive. That's expensive too. You're going to have to go back to New York City. To New York. And to move away from Los Angeles. And back to the question, part-time or full-time student. Part-time or full-time. In New York City. Right, because if you're not working and you don't have that stable income, whatever that looks like, that's going to be a challenge. And we're considering the worst case scenario if you don't apply to scholarships and so forth. Mm -hmm. That's the bear. That's the bear, yeah. That's a lot to consider. Mm -hmm. My last thing is if you're not, if you really want us to look at the side of not going to get the master's, mm -hmm. what other accolades can you get that that aren't the master's degree? Mm -hmm. I would start doing research in that as well. What are some other things that look just as dope Mm -hmm. on the resume, right? right? Compared to a master's program. Mm -hmm. I know there's, great conferences in California. Mm-hmm. The, the network there is very strong, especially mm-hmm. in, if you were saying journalism. Mm-hmm. Um, I know there has to be little, like you we were saying in previous episodes, mm-hmm. specialization or um, classes. Yeah. Not necessarily, mm-hmm. not, yeah, not necessarily getting the certifications, but I know there's workshops. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of workshops around. So if there's things that you can either to speak, yeah. speaking, mm-hmm. like if you have this niche, right, right? And your job is not permitting you to write to that, audience maybe you can do some personal writing mm-hmm. on your own time and then also find areas and avenues in which you can present that piece yeah. and you know that's another way you can get recognition for who you are and like what you're about mm-hmm. and you can meet more people right. so just thinking out the box in that regards if you decide right. not to go the master's route mm-hmm. what are other accolades that you can attain right because ultimately especially with a career in art and culture like you're trying to pursue journalism it is oftentimes about the <clears throat> personal work that you are creating for yourself it's it's less structured seemingly Mm -hmm. right it's work that kind of attaches your name you know you Mm -hmm. are being known for how you think Mm -hmm. and the decisions that you make in a creative environment Mm -hmm. and no master's degree is really going to showcase Mm -hmm. that it's only going to give you access to new individuals and, and a new space so you know i think let's wrap it up we do want to give you a tangible answer based on your situation so what would you say? Would we send this fellow aftergrad to New York City to pursue his master's degree at the New York institution? Or would we choose the California institution, the one that gave us half tuition? Or would we just not do the degree program at all? And I feel like this is going to have to be a nuanced response. You know, I think this is definitely some gray area. I think if you listen to our episode where we were talking about the return of investment of a college education, Maybe your perspective has changed on the matter. I know mine certainly has after walking through that whole research process and sharing that with all of you. I have to stay firm in the perspective that I shared. The degree is not essential Mm -hmm. in this particular scenario. And if I were in your shoes, I would say thank you for admitting me. Thank you for offering me half tuition. New York, you can choke because you didn't want to give me any money. Yeah. And I'm going to go and build this on my own. Okay. I'm in a position that I'm not unhappy in. That's that's really it's important for me. Thing. You're yeah. in a position that you're not unhappy in. We want to be happy right. in our position, right. but we can't always have everything right. in the immediate moment. Right. And the fact that you're not unhappy leads me to suggest to you 
go ahead and write it out. You said that there's room for growth. So in this time, see if there's ways that you can exercise that artistic side, that cultural side of you to build a platform for yourself with that large network that I'm sure your publication has access to. And those are my final words to you, my friend. Yeah, I just, my, I feel like my final words will be also words from a professor that I sat down with because I was so set on getting my master's immediately after college. Mm. And they were in the humanities department to be specific. They were writers and they were also like historians Mm -hmm. of East Asian culture. And I was sitting down and they, she said, can I be honest with you? Unless you're trying to be a professor, don't do it. Mm. And at the time I was a sophomore, I did not understand what she was getting at, but she said if she could redo it again, she would reconsider as well. So with that in mind, I think I am for not going. And if you love where you are at, if you feel like you have time aside from work to cater to that half of you that eventually wants to step into like more of the arts, mm-hmm. then do that. Yeah. If masters, if you if you go to like the tour or you go to, you know, um, talk to the alumni and the network who you did the program and ask them where they are now and what they would do different. And that changes your heart and you feel like something, you know, your heart thumping a little bit at the idea of going to get the master's, then my suggestion would be to go to the California one yeah. for sure. Right. Like the New York one just should not be consideration. Absolutely not. Yeah. All of the indicators are saying Los Angeles or no master's degree program right. or wait it out because again, I want to give space to the idea that you really might want this master's degree program. And my goodness, we might even want to go back and get our master's degree. So we might very well be in a similar situation to you that we're sharing with you. I think that... Do you plan on getting your master's anytime soon? I really, I I can't even think that far ahead. And I'm not trying to think that far ahead right now. In the past, I definitely would have said yes. Mm -hmm. And if I'm reflecting on where I was a year ago, Mm -hmm. the answer was absolutely. I wanted it immediately after I graduated. And I like the idea of getting it. And I've already shared my perspective on that as long as it's paid for and I have all of it covered, housing, et cetera, whatever that looks like, I'll figure it out. I do do like the idea because there is data that suggests that one can make more money from having a master's degree program and you have access to other positions. As we shared, that's not always the case, but there is strong data that leads to that being Mm -hmm. a fact. So where was I going with this? I was going to say that I want to give you space to reflect and say, maybe I do still want this degree, but maybe not right now. And as we always talk about, maybe you got into these programs, mm -hmm. but wait it out and maybe reapply and see if there's another way that you can get it funded. Exactly. Because giving yourself a little bit more time gives yourself time to think. Exactly. And live a little bit more to process Mm -hmm. what you actually want. Because you're probably looking at it and you're like, I don't even know if I want this. Right. That's a very great point. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's not the time for you to mm-hmm. want it, right? Yeah. And it's okay if someone else is currently in the motion of it. Yeah. Maybe your time is literally next year mm-hmm. and you need this like one year and something happens where you're like, ooh, yeah, yeah I want mm-hmm. it right now. And exactly. for me, I'm the same way. I used to be so adamant about getting it right after. But yeah. now I'm at a place where, in fact, I read through all the programs. I wanted to go get an MBA. Yeah. And I was reading them and I was like, this just sounds like multiple conferences lined up Mm -hmm. for me to just meet people. And I'm not in a place where I want to do that right now. All the courses sounded like stuff I was going over in college. And I did not want to go over it again Mm -hmm. in depth. And I wanted to live a little bit more. So now I'm at a place where I probably won't get my next degree until I'm like 29, 30. Mm -hmm. And I'm happy with that. The programs that I really loved, Mm -hmm. they wanted that 10 year experience. And let me be specific. Now I want an EMBA. The mm-hmm. EMBA spoke so loudly to me compared mm-hmm. to an uh, MBA. Yeah. And I'll also be at a better standing financially to be able to support myself. Because mm. I know yeah. mm, I know where I'm going to be in the yes, next couple of years. Absolutely. And the turnover mm-hmm. will be gracious enough for me to be able to afford an EMBA with or without the scholarship. Yeah. But with who I'm going to be, I know I'll be good with. You'll be fine with it. So yeah. those were our two cents. That was a really that good case it. study. I really Thank enjoyed you for sharing it. that with us. I we hope appreciate we were it. helpful. Yeah, no, literally. I mean, yeah. I definitely feel like I learned something from talking up this scenario. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I think we'll definitely be in this situation in the yeah. future. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, on that note, that kind of I gets... revisit it every year. Like, do I yeah. want to go? Yeah, 
No. I mean, I've, exp- <laughs> I've even expressed to you that I do want to apply, reapply to Fulbright yeah. this year, and I very well might. I haven't made Yay. it online entirely, but, yeah. you know, I think it's time. We were also in a very competitive year, so I just want to see, like, what's tea, what's, what's going tea? on, if the application now reads better, if right. I can improve it I somehow. I mean, but look at these countries, too. They're still closed off. Y'all are very shut down. Yeah, so I'm hope... not in a rush at all. Yeah. I know the opening. Again, like we said in the last episode, it will seem so easy mm-hmm. as long as you don't feel like you're pushing yourself into right. something to make a shoe fit, mm-hmm. then you'll be fine. You'll be fine. Yeah. And that's the moral of the story. That's the moral of the theme for this particular case study. Yeah, great case study. Absolutely. And now we're going to hop into our thoughts, our final thoughts. Mm-hmm. We wanted to address the fears that we faced yeah. when we first exited college. And then if we confronted those fears or right. questions, after a year out of college. Mm -hmm. And then we want to leave you guys with our new questions that are in my mind or in our minds. Mm -hmm. Our (laughs) minds, my mind, your mind, your minds, potentially. Right, right, right. right. I'm sure there's commonalities between all of them. And, you know, hopefully by sharing it, we can Mm -hmm. bring comfort to someone listening in. Yeah. So... Any fears that you faced mm-hmm. when, wh- what were the fears? Not any. Yeah, <laughs> they definitely, they were there. They definitely they were existed when I was trying to figure out where's this money going to come yeah. from? Where's this next job going to come from? Do I stay? Right, May, in April. May, April. You know what? Mm. I think I'm not a person that quits. I refuse. Yeah. I don't know how to, but I did nonetheless, you know, <laughs> with my position. So fear of quitting is difficult. It's such a stressful situation especially as someone that has bills to pay and is always thinking about how is this money going to serve me but also the people that I care about so back in October if you've been listening to the show thank you we appreciate you you know that I quit my internship that could have turned into a full-time position and that was such a fear-ridden situation Mm. for me because I chose inconsistent income (laughs) I chose Payless nights, mornings, afternoons, weeks, days over a security blanket Mm -hmm. from a two week paycheck. And I never imagined myself doing that or having, I am a courageous person, but still it took courage to do that. And I just never felt like I would do that. So that was a big fear. You know, that kind of precludes the whole graduating, being an aftergrad in the early days of May and August, but still that was definitely one of my fears, quitting. And, you know, we shared a case study in the previous episode where one of our fellow aftergrads quit their job. Congrats to you. Love that for you. And it's the best decision that I've made in this freshman year as an aftergrad, quitting my position, choosing inconsistent income, because guess what? The income came. I'm still here. Roof over my head, returning home to see my mom, to see my pets, miss them dearly. And I didn't look back and I haven't looked back. I'm so <laughs> happy for that decision for you. and sending in that two weeks notice. Like I'm done. <laughs> I've had it. My chapter had, has ended. It's ended here. Thank you for all yeah. of the development, the meetings, the learnings, the experiences. They were wonderful. They were great, but it's time for me to push forward and yeah. move. So that was one of the fears quitting my job, quitting the security of a two week paycheck. And I think that that just opened me up to, I can do it. I can create this life that I want on my own or bring people like you into the fold. And it's Mm -hmm. going to be okay because I have you to support me. I have other individuals who are pouring into me, i.e. my mentor, you know, and that goes into one of my other fears, but I want you to share one of your fears that you faced Mm -hmm. before I hop into another one of mine. Okay. I I feel like my biggest thing for me was... When I, I'm stubborn. Mm. I'm a Taurus. You're a Taurus, I'm yeah. extremely stubborn. And one thing that I'm stubborn in is doing something that I actually want to do. Mm. So like quitting something, never, <laughs> if, if it wasn't resonating with me, it wasn't ever like a problem yeah. for me. But luckily I always know with me being very particular about what I get into, I mm-hmm. never had to face the quitting situation where I went in and then went out, right? Yeah. Not to say that was happening with of you. Course, I'm just yeah. saying- um, some people might go into a job and thinking they want it and then go, but exactly. I'm, I and that's okay. Yeah, I, that's, that's another that's point fine. that I wanted to make. That's too. fine. Like if that's they can okay. make that quick, right? Because right. we can't always know where we're going to be at or how experiences are going to right. shape us and how we feel because we've been told so many 
things about maybe the corporate environment, maybe about a particular industry. So, you know, if you find yourself in an environment, right, that you felt like would serve you, but no longer is serving you and you're not happy with it, we encourage you to, to drop it right out. Quit. Exactly. Yeah. But kind of like what you were saying, your dad was preached into you, like mm-hmm. not to quit and stuff like that. Right. I This is my particular background. Mm-hmm. Like my dad is very much so like that as well. And yeah. then I was also, you know, an athlete. So quitting meant a lot. It, it mm-hmm. hurt a lot. So that's why I approach things so slowly. Yeah. And I really evaluate things before I hop into them so that I don't have to put myself right. through that heartbreak of having to quit when yeah. I no longer want to do something. Right. Because that's a whole situation. Exactly. Exactly. So my fear was that it was going to be a while before I found something that spoke to me. Mm. Right. So and in that quote unquote while phase. Yeah. Right can I support myself financially mm. while I'm waiting for the thing that actually speaks to me? Or do I have to lie to myself and take something that I know I don't want yeah. just for the sake of surviving? Mm. And so that was the huge fear coming out of college that I faced. Yeah. Again, I'm very slow. I consider myself a tortoise mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> when I look at things. So I was like, oh, I'm still going to take my time. I'm not going to face that fear. But it was, yeah. it was, it was over my head. Yeah. It was over my head and I was scared. I was really scared because I think this will lead into the next fear that maybe you are mm-hmm. willing to share. Yeah. I wanted to get in my mind. I felt like I needed to get out the house as soon as possible so oh. I could start making income so I can then come back home yeah. and be a support system. Oh, yeah. yeah, definitely experience that fear. And I mean, that's a lot of what drives me. And I definitely have and still need to and have worked on that mentality in mm-hmm. the past of addressing the trauma that I carried around in regards to Arkansas. You know, Mm -hmm. also we're going to be heading home. We shared that in the previous episode, going back to Arkansas to visit my mom. Mm -hmm. And that was always what I would say when I was at university. You know, I did any and everything to avoid returning home to Arkansas just because I I was afraid. That was definitely a fear of mine. And because like when you when you do return, you want to come home with like the gold, right? Yeah, Yeah. because (laughs) if I return home Mm -hmm. in my mind, it meant that the rug was pulled from underneath me mm-hmm. and I would then be failing because if I returned home without anything to offer mm-hmm. just plates you know I'm not bringing any food to the table right I didn't like that look for myself mm-hmm. that meant that I wasn't doing what I needed to be doing yeah. and you know I've definitely addressed that because that's just not the mentality you know I think if you're fortunate enough to have parents like ours that care for us we should use them as mm-hmm. a support network because I've already addressed and shared why and what motivates me Mm -hmm. and that's to give back to them so you know I think they're very clear on that so again I have a very big issue with accepting help and I would rarely Mm -hmm. ask for help Mm -hmm. from other people so that's where this fear and trauma is coming from but I'm addressing it you know and I think part of that right now is me going home and being okay with returning home for the reasons that I've decided for myself right so yes absolutely. and it'll bring a lot of healing too oh 100 percent. i have a yeah. lot of questions i'm excited to converse with my mom mm-hmm. you know that's been a journey mm-hmm. but i'm looking forward to it you know yeah. and also to share this particular episode i mean this is the last episode of the first season but this episode is going to be released after we've already landed back home, you know? So I'm going to be with my mom when this episode is airing. And shout out to my mom, shout out to my dad for listening to every single one. And shout out to your parents too for listening to every single one. They try. Okay, well, my my mom is definitely on it. I appreciate you. I love that. For listening to every single one of our episodes. So... Oh, no, I'm just going, I'm going on a rant, but no, you know, like we're addressing the fears that we yeah, face. We and, are. Yeah. This podcast has really helped my relationship with my mom. I don't know if she, I think she does. That's just me projecting and also trying to analyze the emotions that she expresses or that I'm picking up when we have conversations, you know, but I definitely think this podcast has helped my relationship with my mom. A, because it's given me a space to vent in an unfiltered way mm-hmm. to speak. I, you know, we're sitting here in our apartment and it's just you and me and we're having these conversations mm-hmm. and there's no interruptions and I just can let my mind mm-hmm. wander. Mm-hmm. And then when my mom or anyone else listens to it, they share with me that, you know, I, I see you, I hear you. And especially, I think both, I probably get that from my mom. We can be closed off sometimes, but I think, again, you know, when you listen 
and I'm talking in an unfiltered way and you know I'm talking in an unfiltered yeah. way, you see me, you hear yeah. me. Yeah. So I feel like I'm talking to my mom. Aww. Hi, mom. <laughs> well, that was definitely one of my fears. And in one week, I'm going to be home yeah. on Mother's Day of, wow, all, days, of all days. That's right? when we get back oh, on Mother's Day. Yeah. Yeah. And we won't. And the thing is, mm -hmm. you know, as we were saying, the fear of coming back empty handed, we won't. We'll come with a little bouquet of flowers and yeah. they, that will mean the world to them. And then sometimes we have to realize that we are enough for them mm. and seeing that through their eyes. Yeah. like They're looking at us right now and they think the world mm. of us. And even though we don't feel like we're giving them what they deserve Oof. yet, they mm. they feel it right yeah. now. And so just putting ourselves in that space and like getting comfortable with that as we return home to see them. Mm. Is definitely going to develop mm. us into not me, not me. Get... Ah! No, the Pisces is here. <laughs> the little tears. Woo! Ooh. Okay. Yeah. Another one of my fears mm. is crying on camera. No. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Another one of my fears. It's not related to my parents or anything. Ooh, girl, you better get it together. Snap it. Snap it together. <laughs> Another one of my fears was going back to in April and May when I was initially graduating. Mm -hmm. mm. I had really strong community with a lot of the mentees and mentors and professors that were on my campus. Mm. And I felt like I gave a lot of community from myself being a resident assistant and working with a lot of the students and sharing as much as I possibly could mm -hmm. with them. But when you graduate, that community is no longer there and one of my fears that goes to how I was feeling then but also one of the fears that I'm facing now and thinking about constantly is how do I no longer having the undergirding of an institution create a community mm -hmm. that gives me the similar emotions that I felt mm -hmm. when I was back on that campus mm -hmm. or the community that I created when I was studying abroad mm -hmm. in a new environment mm -hmm. those especially when I was studying abroad especially when I was studying abroad because I was still at an institution, I was still at a university. Yeah. And it's so difficult right. doing that when, you know, we're working 24 seven mm -hmm. and you're trying to create new relationships with new people and you're trying to balance all of that. It can be so difficult and overwhelming. And you're always asking yourself, like, am I doing enough? Do the people that I genuinely care about mm -hmm. understand that I feel so overworked and that's why I'm sometimes not responsive mm -hmm. online and I'm taking this time genuinely to disconnect and to heal so that I can show up in my professional space how I want to. Mm -hmm. That's so difficult for me. Yeah, that new balance mm -hmm. of like maintaining friendship. Yeah. Also that side of you that loves to give back to community mm -hmm. and then simultaneously hustle and grind for that financial freedom that mm -hmm. we want. It's tough. And honestly, I mean, given our demographics, I face the truth that, you know, there's no balancing it. I saw this speech the other day of a working mother who I think she graduated um, summa cum laude mm -hmm. and she was giving her she, her speech and she was saying, everyone always asks me, how are you such an amazing mother and how, how are you able to do it all so great? And she said, I'm here to tell you, I don't. Mm -hmm. She says, when you see me Ugh. excelling <laughs> in the classroom, Woo. I'm missing my daughter's first rehearsal. Mm. When you see me with my daughter at a picnic, mm. I'm missing a class online. When you see me <sighs> giving back to the community and mm. all that gracious lighting on me and like my highlight moment, mm. I'm missing out on, you know, taking my daughter to school. Mm. And she says, you don't, she said, I'm not going to be a front. And I, I love the speech because everyone wants to take mm -hmm. it in and say, yeah, I can do it all, but we can't. And it's mm -hmm. okay, but that is okay. And so mm -hmm. now in this phase, when friends are asking me to hang out, I'm telling them I can't yeah. because I want to right now in my present moment, I want this more than anything right mm -hmm. now you as my friend love me mm -hmm. and you know I love you. Yeah. You will understand yeah. that like, this is kind of the sacrifice I'm wanting to make, mm. that I'm choosing to make. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. And yeah. I think that woman's speech was just so powerful. And I was so 
thankful for her just giving it like it is. Mm -hmm. And she was a black woman. Period. And she has like three kids. Shout out to our black single mothers. <laughs> Hello. Yeah, shout out. Hello. Hello, my mother. Yeah, yeah, I'm listening to you share that. And again, I'm trying not to get emotional, but I mean, I'm just thinking about my mom. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I, mm -hmm. I don't. I mm -hmm. literally don't. The way that my mom doesn't have a career mm -hmm. so that I can, mm -hmm. mm, it hits, breaks me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> And she does. That's the thing. She sees it through you. I feel you, bro. You're about to make me cry now. It's tough. I was watching this new podcast that came out. It's called The Caregiver. I need that right now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> no, I think it relates to us. Um, my mom recommended it to me. And she said, you know, I know you feel pressure to provide and like... Mm -hmm to bring back and I think this podcast will bring a lot of healing um she said it's been generations of mm -hmm. caregiving where especially in like the black community where we are expected to go out mm -hmm. and then give up right yeah. and like provide 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 and then mm -hmm. turn around and care give mm -hmm. and then we also we demonstrate that in society as well mm -hmm. with people and it's a lot it's heavy yeah. it's heavy but Man, I did not expect to be out here crying like this, <laughs> but I feel I'm, very healed right mm. now. I'm excited to embark on this next chapter yeah. for us, whatever that looks like. We still don't know where we're going to be at. I literally after have this no summer. idea. <laughs> don't know where that house is at, don't know where that apartment's at. So we face these fears. You say you feel healed. Yeah, I feel healed. So those right. fears that we face, In now this is like the closing, not the closing, they're always forever going, yeah. but we acknowledge them. We acknowledge them. And that they're not as scary. Right, because we're we here thought. and we're still pushing forward mm -hmm. and we're, we're fine, you know? Any new fears that have like developed now as we enter our sophomore year of the school of life yeah i mean this kind of was an old fear but we figured it out because of housing but in terms of mm. a, the new way that this fear is going to arise we've been so fortunate and blessed to have an apartment housing that was found <laughs> through a friend of yours right yeah. so you know that's such a close relationship not a lot of people oftentimes can say that they are very close with their landlord mm -hmm. and the ways in which we've been able to mm -hmm. and just to have that open line of communication and the support from her has been phenomenal and trying to figure out if we're going to have that again is very stressful because again for people that are choosing inconsistent income like myself oof, that can just be so daunting mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to overcome so that's definitely one fear and we've talked about this offline and the universe works in wonderful ways, as yeah. we've seen in this freshman year of being after grads. Mm -hmm. It works itself out, and I have no fear right. of that, that yeah. we're going to make it happen. Of course. And then with that, when that fear does come up, because it will, I'm referencing this one chick, and I'm just sticking to it, finding housing soon. But yeah. I know the next three months I have housing. Mm -hmm. So in this current moment, I have time. I'm just right. telling myself I have time. Don't mm -hmm. stress about what's happening three months from now. Stress about what's happening today. Mm -hmm. So when my brain goes there, that's the current mechanism I'm using for that because that's a mm -hmm. fear as well. I'm I'm a little fearful that my next occupation will prohibit me from traveling and experiencing the world mm. as I used to. Yeah. That's my current fear. I love to travel. I love to just be able to say, hey, I want to see you. Yeah. I'm coming out or for my friends to say, I'm pulling up. Mm -hmm. Can you put some time aside or for me to just get out of the country? Yeah. So that's a little bit of nerves I'm having surrounding, you know, my next occupation, but we'll see what happens. Maybe it will be something that's flexible that can work with me right. and not maybe it will, yeah. it will be something. And that's the thing. I, I'm no longer on some will, hope, faith, it's going to, God knows where my heart's yeah. at and he knows what I need for this chapter. And if yeah. he sees me having a station spot, but within the occupation, they need me to, to travel. Mm -hmm. Like there's no telling how it will come about, but mm -hmm. that's the one thing I'm praying over is that it's something that keeps me excited because 
I'm a person in the workforce that I get bored really easily. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I get yeah. bored really easily if I do I the that. same thing over and over. So I really am hoping and praying over, not hoping, I'm praying over something very dynamic to come. And, you know, in these trying times, you know, dynamic in job force is kind of the thing. So it's in right now. It's very it's in. It's a requirement so, for young people like yeah, us as Gen Zers. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm counting that as a blessing on my behalf. I require that whenever I'm entering a workspace. I, like you, I get very bored doing the same thing over and over. And mm-hmm. even just in general, mm-hmm. I kind of get bored, which is why I consider myself, you know, a multifaceted yeah. creative artist. Exactly. Because I love working across different mediums mm-hmm. and seeing how things interact, especially industries that seemingly wouldn't connect like math and like media combining those two together so i feel that and i have no doubt that fear is going to be addressed with a job that maybe even enables you to travel exactly i think that's what it's going to be exactly yeah there are positions even some of my friends i'm thinking not with the travel sense but if you're consulting and you're uh, in the consulting industry a lot of times their positions require them to travel and their jobs will pay them Mm -hmm. to travel which is great so i don't know what that's going to look like for you but it's a possibility yeah so i'm speaking that into existence and hopefully that comes around and i will keep you guys updated do you have another one i kind of expressed you know a lot of the fears that i'm feeling right now are kind of the ones that are transitioning from the first year of being an aftergrad. So they're still following a little bit. They definitely are still following. You know, we've talked a lot about the finances and you were talking about your hoping and praying to find a position Mm -hmm. that allows you to travel and to kind of experience the side passions that you have. You don't want to lose yourself in a position. That's, Mm -hmm. I mean, I feel that Mm -hmm. I, I hate corporate. I need to express that <laughs> on this channel. I hate it with Way to a, break it. With Way a passion. It I hate the culture. And I mean, I think most people would probably agree, but just might not say it verbally. Yeah. I, yeah, they, they, they're nodding. They're doing this. They're nodding. Yeah, they're like, yeah, but then I'm going to complete my task. <laughs> right, exactly. But I'm still going to check in yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, which is fine. <laughs> That's okay. I support you in that journey as yeah. well. I <laughs> want to figure out my life as a freelancer. That's my current fear and you know there have been different signs from the universe that have been showing me that you're gonna get it figured out and you know one of those signs was I told you a while ago and I think I dropped it on the podcast previously but one of the freelance workshops that I completed back in January for a month basically they were just introducing us to becoming a freelancer what that looks like filing your taxes building strong relationships with clients etc they bumped me up to their essentially their highest level on their platform, which then gives us more access to jobs and positions. So I'm hoping that that comes through. They sent me the email just to apply and to submit my bodies of work. So, you know, just small wins like that have been coming through that just give me the energy to keep going. Add to the piggy bank. Right, add to the piggy bank Mm -hmm. and the repository of accolades that are just going to continue to enable us to move forward, push forward. So yeah, that's that's the fear. I genuinely want to be a freelancer. You know, I consider myself a business as I've expressed Mm -hmm. and I want to build a strong roster of clients Mm -hmm. and work with brands that are in line with my vision yeah you know and I want to be in a position where I'm you know a brand will come to me and say okay we need a photo campaign or we need a marketing campaign right then I build out the team of individuals so I'm like oh Victoria is really good with like data Mm -hmm. analytics or predicting markets in East Mm -hmm. Asia wherever that might be Mm -hmm. oh I have another graphic design friend Mm -hmm. that eats at illustration let's bring them Mm -hmm. to the fold so they can do like typography work they can do the design layout etc so that's what I'm praying over. I don't know when that's going to happen. I don't care because it will happen eventually. But I'm praying and hoping that that comes through very soon. It will. For myself. Oh, love that for you. My other fear is that temptations will get the best of me. Mm. Temptations, temptations like and, what? What type um, of temptations? And also, what's the temporary happiness Mm. will get the best of me Mm. let's speak on it yeah Yeah. because i think where we want to be in the next couple of months it's a hot spot yeah we are in a hot spot now but Mm -hmm. i think this spot particularly (laughs) is going to be popping it is and there's we are very healed people or very conscious people Mm -hmm. um conscious yeah (laughs) exactly and that's really rare to come by in a city like the city we want to go to. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes, like, if you are a light, I kind of see it like, you know, like the Us movie. 
mm. you know, where there the girl was down there and then everybody, all like the people yeah. wanted, like she was like dancing or something yeah. and then they, they all kind of mm -hmm. gravitated. I, I see that in my head and it's mm -hmm. just like staying who I am yeah. at the core, mm -hmm. um, not getting too wrapped up in like the highlight and yeah. in the spotlight um, and just staying grounded. Yeah. That's I think that's the thing that in this in this next year that I'm kind of nervous about because I already know like the things that we're doing it's it's great it's mm -hmm. grand and I'm not going to shy away from saying that and having mm -hmm. confidence saying that right um, and with that people or things or ideas in our mind can even distract us mm -hmm. from like who we need to be yeah. in this given moment. So just stay in the course. I think that's the next fear that I have. And it's a fear, but it's not like, oh my God, I'm terrified. It's right. just It's a, just a something that has to be yeah. achieved because mm -hmm. that, I mean, goes back to the point I was making about showing up. You know, you have to make the conscious choice every single day. If you're going to do something, what it requires is you saying that you're going to do it, mm -hmm. you getting up to do it, and then performing yeah. and shutting it down. Yeah. And that's easier said than achieved, but mm -hmm. it can be done. And I mean, it just starts with showing up. Yeah. And yeah. you can do it. I, I want to add one more thing to that same fear as a subcategory. Yeah. My friend mentioned it. We speak about it a lot. But she's the first one who brought it to my attention probably last year, is that what I pour out into the world stays relevant. Mm. I don't want to be, you know, in out. I want to like really leave a lasting impression on people. Yeah. When I give back, mm -hmm. I want it to have longevity when I'm no longer here. Talk on and that. so yeah. even yeah. right now, what I'm currently doing compared to what I will be doing in the future, I want it to stay relevant and mm -hmm. I want it to be an aid to anyone and yeah. anybody. And so that's one fear. It's like staying creative, yeah. keeping that creative flow, that creative juice and making sure I know my tactics to keep that going yeah. so that I can keep producing new things and new ideas. Cause people will take, people will copy and that will always be a thing, but to stay innovative does yeah. take a certain level of maintenance of self. Mm -hmm. And so that is my other fear that I'm just keeping note of as we enter our second yeah. season. As we enter so our second we can season. bring yeah. new topics to the table for our yeah. aftergrads that mm -hmm. like, for the aftergrad family. Right that keep us afloat mm -hmm. in this and keep us grounded time yeah because it takes a village it takes a team yeah. and i'm grateful to have you in this effort of keeping ourselves mm -hmm. grounded addressing these fears that we have for this next chapter lean in to the community your community yeah. even though you might be in a space in a scenario moment where that community might be being pulled away from mm -hmm. you mm -hmm reach out mm -hmm. to the people. I mean, that goes back to how this all started with you and me. It literally it really just did. took a simple text, yeah. a check-in with someone that I hadn't seen in a really long time. Mm -hmm. And those are the choices that I don't look back on, could never regret. And I have no doubt that we're going to be back here at the end of season two. We're going to address these fears again yeah. for the umpteenth time. Yeah. And it's going to be the same story. Right. It's going to be us saying we conquered those fears. Yeah. We yeah. ate it up, right. actually. We, really we did, did it. We did. And, you know, there's still new fears. Yeah. There's still new things to address. But, you know, it's like you have a to-do list and you just check it off slowly. One thing at a time. But then there's new subtasks that come up every now and then underneath those original tasks, mm -hmm. i.e. the fears, right? right so you right. might have to go back and erase that slash yeah. and readdress it. And that's okay. And writing your syllabus. And Just writing your syllabus. Exactly. So for those, up. we have new aftergrads coming we out. Do. Yeah, yeah, we hope you, whatever fears that you're feeling right now that this episode can help ease them. Yeah. You know, we don't know if they'll necessarily answer your particular fears, mm -hmm. but you're not alone. Yeah. You aren't alone, you aren't alone at all. Just stay living. Stay living. Keep your light. One other fear was this. It's not even a fear. It's just, I had a question. Was mm. everyone else experiencing post-grad depression? Like, mm. were you feeling down immediately after walking across the stage? And, you know, we kind of mentioned that earlier, but, you know, there was a period where anxiety was high. Depression was. If I stayed home. If you stayed home, if yeah, I stayed it home, ate you up. that's why I knew mm -hmm. I had to get out. Yeah. I didn't even care if it was the right city or not. Yeah. And my mom wanted me out too. Not like mm -hmm. get out, get but like right. she was like, no, you need to go. Yeah. It's like your time. it's good. It's mm -hmm. going to be healthy for you. Yeah. So I, if I, any longer. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I don't think I allowed myself to get there yet. 
And I think, you know, going back to the fear of returning home, I think that we have the perspective that we do because we chose to leave immediately yeah. after mm-hmm. graduating because it's that distance. If you go back and listen to our I Want to Go Home episode where we talk a little <laughs> bit more in depth on that fear, that anxiety of returning home, mm-hmm. that's definitely how I'm reflecting mm-hmm. on it. It's the distance and the time. It's been a year. Mm-hmm. That's a long time yeah. to reflect and heal. And for me, that's the way that I compress and deal mm-hmm. with anxiety. I do need to be by myself. Mm-hmm. And I know I've shared that before. Mm-hmm. I need time to sit with my thoughts, to process. And then at a later moment, we can have a conversation. Mm-hmm. We can address and heal but I need to heal on my own first and I think I was able to do that I think we were able to do that Mm -hmm. but I guess you're saying for those who like maybe they can't leave home immediately and Mm -hmm. that depression is sinking in that's where I was going at that's really tough that is tough I saw this one commercial well done Mm -hmm. I I take note of these commercials now but it was a therapy commercial and they were showing people who were trying to give advice to people who suffer with depression. Mm. And it was saying, do better. Mm. Or it's a choice. Ah. Or, you know, it was, it was purposely doing yeah, that. And then, like, the of person's course. just sitting there, like, right. just dumbfounded. Like, like none really? of this is helping. Right. I never feel right to give advice to someone who yeah. is suffering with depression. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's, it's a very complex situation. And postgraduate depression is different. Post, and not a lot of people talk about post-pregnancy it. Post-pregnancy, mm-hmm. depression, different. Like, there, there's just so many avenues. I'm not trying to give advice. Yeah. I think I just wanted to ask that question because I wanted you all to know that you're not alone in that feeling yeah. because I felt it myself. Definitely. Definitely want to validate. Yeah, I want to validate that it's a normal... I do want to say it's normal. It's a normal feeling yeah. you're not alone. But what with knowing that you do have it, what That's do you part, yeah. feel comfortable doing? Mm-hmm. Where do you want your source of light to come from? Right. And that we will leave to you. Hopefully. We'll have resources. We'll have resources. Oh, yeah. That's another thing in the future. Oh, tons of resources to share with you all for ourselves, too, because we've come across a lot of stuff, even when we do our post thought segment. Right. (laughs) And I think we want this to be, as we've always said, a two way street, a community. So if there's other segments or other topics that you want us to address, we're not going to be filming throughout the summer, but you're definitely going to be seeing us. You know, we're going to be sharing these episodes and clips from it. We're going to be sharing resources. Definitely follow us on our IG, of course. And yeah, lots of fun activity planned for season two. Yeah. But we also on this channel want to promote and glorify the need and necessity to take rest mm-hmm. and to take breaks. Yeah. So therefore, we we're taking are, a break. Yeah, <laughs> that's what we're doing. Break. But we will be back. We and- will. There's no doubt about that in the fall and stay tuned. Like you were saying, stay tuned into us so you can hear when those dates will drop. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. We have a lot in store. Absolutely. You know, and thank you all for being with us. Yeah. Yeah, Just thank you guys for the people that have commented for the people, our friends, family that have shown love that have poured into us. Thank you. That means the world to us. As we showed today, you know, we did another case study very long. Thank you for sending that in. If there's anything that's going on in your life and your aftergrad journey that you want us to feature in future episodes, we want to have those continued. So definitely share those with us. You can send them to our email address. That's open. Or you can DM us on Instagram. Even during summertime. Even during the summertime. Absolutely. We prefer during the summertime because that'll give us an opportunity to plan for season two. Mm-hmm. And what you we'll want also, to see. Yeah. yeah, what you want to see. But we'll also respond to, you know, if you just want to pick our brains too or just connect, you can DM us or email us and we'll happily respond. But we could also still feature it on the show in a future mm-hmm. episode. So know that that option is available mm-hmm. as well. <laughs> Any final thoughts, friends? <sighs> Thank you all for bearing with me as I poured my eyes out <laughs> on this here camera. No, but we are a lot stronger than we give ourselves credit for. That one. That's where I'm at. I always knew, you know, I was a hard worker. I could put my head down, get the work done. But, you know, I still have those moments where I'm like, is this it? Are you capable? Come on. But definitely after this first year, wrapping it up. I'm strong. It's chewable. Yeah, yeah. I'm digesting. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, let's eat more. Let's eat more. Yeah. I am hungry. Mm-hmm. I am hungry, but I do want to take a break to let my food settle. Yeah, of for course, a bit. fasting's healthy. It is healthy, but I'm yeah. not doing the fast. That's you. That's your journey. <laughs> and I love that for you and any of our other fasters out there. That's really important. It's just, I'm, I'm feeling sad because we're trying to wrap up this episode, but I don't want to wrap it up. I think that's why I'm sitting here 
you know, trying to figure it out because we're going on a break, you yeah. guys. Like, and I don't want to say goodbye to you all. But it's not. I know I it's not. As creators, right. it's so it's so healthy. We're only going to bring back more ideas. And we don't want to be, you know, stating the same stories that we lived. Yeah. So I'm going to try to have a warm i'm just gonna have a warm summer i don't yeah. know i don't want to say it's popping off or anything like yeah, that but i'm be. just gonna have a quality <laughs> summer with myself with friends and family mm-hmm. with intimate friends and family yeah. and then hopefully hear more stories surrounding me that will give me inspiration as well for the channel so yeah. it's all great and grand This is the end of season one. Thank you all for tuning in to our 15 episodes. Much more to come Mm -hmm. in season two. And we're looking forward to reconnecting with you in the fall. Yes. Thank you guys. All right. And with that, this is the Aftergrad Podcast. See you soon.